At times, we all feel lost in search of something more. This is Christina Dam, and this is Liberate the Podcast, a podcast designed to help inspire and guide you forward through everything spirituality, creativity, art, and just giving you a sense of empowerment so that you can be powerful, be magical, and be free. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Liberate the Podcast. I am excited because we are welcoming one of our practitioners, Matt Bruce, with us. Now, these beautiful things here are roses, and he is a rose reader. He is also a tarot reader, a numerologist, and a magician. It's true. It's true. (laughs) And uh, we're going to be talking about rose readings and how they can really help you connect to your higher self and understanding what the heck they are, because anybody that's listening, I mean, I have had... Holistic healing, I've owned holistic healing shops for 13 years now, and I've never heard of a rose reading before I met this one. So uh, it's something really cool, and I had an experience of it that was pretty unforgettable. So, Matt, welcome. That's great to hear. Thanks for all the kind words. Yeah. I, um, yeah, the rose reading goes back to ancient Greece. The world is obsessed with roses. I mean, we have it in our foods, we wear them to adorn our bodies, the smell of roses fill sacred spaces all over the world, so it's only a matter of time before people start using them for divination. Mm. And we see it from ancient Greece up until now, and while other forms of divination are a lot more popular, uh, the rose reading has gone through a lot of different changes. Um, There aren't many rose readers, and the way that I do it is very unique to me, and it's something that I was uh, crafting a few years ago with some of my mentors. And in developing it, we started to see how well it connected with people, how well it connected to uh, the world around us, how easily it allowed us to connect with our higher self. And the results have been really astonishing and people have been really appreciative of the work that I've been doing and the the fact that the reading kind of takes people on a journey. There's a transformational aspect to it that is really unique. And I would say that it is quite a journey, you know, it, it's like you go in and you can have a specific question or, or insight that you're looking at, but it, it's, it's really showing where you're at, this higher perspective, the influences, and then where you're going, you know, and it's done in such a beautiful way. But getting back to that, that the divination of a rose has been used since ancient Greece. Yeah, yeah. It's really interesting. I, I mean, it goes from... Um, People will use the entire rose, the whole blossom. Okay. Uh, they can use it to uh, access past lives. They can use it to, uh, um, a- a- as like a hypnotic, meditative kind of situation, which I use a little bit in my reading. Um, but a lot of the more modern readers will have, will have like a black velvet mat. Mm. And they'll ask people to reach into a bowl and pull petals and put the petals on the mat in a certain way and they'll divine from there. And so I wanted to find something that was a bit more, that fleshed that out a bit more. And the way I do my rosary, like you said, is a lot more big picture. Yeah. And so we're able to identify certain traits that the person has, the certain path. It's almost like a map that we're looking at with the chart and the petals. And then from there, being able to ascertain what the best steps are we need to take to get to the goal that we want. And then, of course, like, you know, we end with a, with a dream ritual, which is one of the big standouts in the readings that, that people come back and talk to me about all the time. Wow. And what, what got you into, okay, so did, 
metaphysical like readings come first or magician work come first? Uh, they were pretty parallel, to be honest. Um, as a child, well, I grew up in a. Yeah. <laughs> and somebody is taking a leap of faith. <laughs> um, when I when I was a kid, I fell in love with magic. Of course, David Copperfield was number one back then, and I just really wanted to be a part of that. Um, so, so you could say uh, performance magic came first, but I grew up in a very strict Lutheran household. Mm -hmm. uh, my father went to school to be a pastor. Um, I went to 10 years of Lutheran school. My brother and sister went to even more years of Lutheran school. My sister ended up marrying a pastor whose father before him was a pastor. So the church was really, really deep yeah. in my family. And um, as a kid growing up in it with the uh, inclinations that I have and everything, it, I, I was straying from it and mm -hmm. I uh, was, looking for alternative spiritual paths. And that's how I came across the tarot. I feel like it's a very uh, introductory um, you know, source just into the rest of the world of metaphysics. You know, yeah. We see it in pop culture, we see it in movies and TV. And it really opened the door for a whole slew of experiences for me. And then I started reading tarot uh, a little bit over 20 years ago when I was a teenager, really uh, just doing things for friends, starting out how anybody really starts out with it. Yeah. Pulling some cards for you, pulling some cards for some friends. Exactly. Saying, and wait, there's patterns here. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, the patterns were showing up and the patterns were repeating. And that honestly kind of scared me. And I get that a lot from the people I do readings for where they're like, this card keeps coming up for me. And I'm sure that a lot of people watching this are going to be like, oh, I always see the two of pentacles or the high priestess is always coming out for me. And it did scare me when my teen years and I took a step back from it, but it always existed in the background. And so while I was following other things, like still following a spiritual path, but tarot kind of remained in the background. It was something that accompanied me. It helped inform my decisions. It helped carry me forward. But um, I started following a different career path. I was doing magic, uh, performing at clubs, performing at parties, performing on the streets at like outdoor events and stuff. But then uh, in 2019, I got into a horrible accident and I lost the use of my legs for about two years. And in that process, I couldn't stand up to perform or stand up at all anymore and really had to think about what my next step was. So I had had this skill set working with the tarot, working with other forms of divination. And I like it just provided the perfect opportunity for me to be able to switch into that. And then I started getting back in touch with my old mentors finding new teachers, workshopping with uh, spiritual leaders that I was really um, you know, inspired by and people I really looked up to. And then this got me on my path. And now this is what I'm doing more often than anything else. So, Wow. It, I, di I didn't know about your accident. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, horrible. And so for two years... You could you couldn't even walk. Yeah, I had. And were were you going? Were you also going back to the tarot and metaphysical and and readings in in general to seek answers and guidance for yourself too? Yes, I was very lost. You know, I um, the accident was actually a bicycle accident. I was an avid cyclist. I was going about twenty miles an hour and. If you live in Los Angeles and you're on Beverly Boulevard, you know how narrow that mm -hmm. that street is. There's no bike lane or anything, and I could. Uh, I, 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 could, I noticed that the traffic behind me was coming up and I wanted to get to the top of this hill before I was overtaken by traffic. So I was really pushing hard and then my chain just slipped off my bike, just very randomly. And I got the wobbles and I went headfirst into a parked van. So I had to get my face stitched back together. I had to get all my front teeth replaced. 
And uh, I broke my right ankle and I shattered everything below my left knee. Wow. Yeah. And so uh, the doctor's orders after I had the, the surgery to screw my leg back together, my leg is like held together with a, a big rod and a whole bunch of screws. Uh, the doctor said, no activity whatsoever. And so during that healing process, it was really hard. Um, I finally got to the point where I could scoot my butt down the stairs because I live on the second floor and then COVID hit. And then it was right back up to being inside. But this provided me the time. Um, it took away my ability to uh, occupy myself or run away or do anything like that. And it was, you, you know, I, do, I don't want to ignore this, this kind of uh, divine positioning, yeah. if you will, of being like, this is what you need to do here. And so, and then now it's one of the most popular things that I offer. People really love the rose reading. People really love my approach to tarot numerology. And so, um, and now I'm able to do it and it's really great. So at least there's something. That. And also like the depth of, of just you and going through the different experiences from, you know, you shared, you know, glaze past it, but your upbringing and the different kind of belief systems that were accustomed in your house and to kind of go against like, what was so ingrained in the family to mm -hmm. do something a little bit different and hold different belief systems, even in the face of all of that. And then, you know, so that was a big challenge and, yeah. and, um, steadfast in you. And, but then also like, you know, having this debilitating accident and going from not only like your whole world being turned upside down, but it's even more, I think when somebody has it, be that something that they do so regularly, right? You know, so it was not only your work, but it was also your passion. If you're mm -hmm. an avid cyclist, you're out there all the time. That, yeah. That's part of your keeping your mental and physical and all of that, you know, the serotonin, the, you, you, that's, that's, your, that's your passion. That's Absolutely. your hobby. You take that away, you're losing your, also your recreational outlet, right? Mm -hmm. And then to have such, like, inner peace by it like I, I I'm just uh, I'm almost shocked that it was so recent but yet you you know that's a testament to where you're at in your spiritual journey mm -hmm. it's a, you know like uh you know almost like you you I think you even said the words like divine order or divine you know like that you looking at this accident as if it was this pivotal thing that was supposed to happen to give you the tools or the insight into something different. Yeah. And, and, you know, you sit and you do it with such grace, right? Thank you. And, and that can be something that I think, well, now knowing that, that I didn't know that about you, which I'm really shocked and, you know, <laughs> um, but the fact that, you know, knowing that I can see where you can hold that space for somebody going through whatever they're going through mm -hmm. and, you know, create that because it's one thing to help somebody see and have that forecast or that oversight and that guidance. It's another aspect about readings that I think it glossed over a lot of times is that holding the space for where somebody is. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. and, and making where they feel safe and they, where they feel comfortable, but they also know that whatever they're seeking guidance on, this too shall pass because mm -hmm. people seldom go to a reading when everything's looking great in their life, Absolutely. right? You know, like, it's not like, oh, everything's great. I just expanded here and there. Let me get a reading to see what else is in store. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I mean, maybe that happens, but in, I, I see that as very rare. Like Absolutely. that might be like a friend pulling them along and they're getting a reading together for a birthday or something. Mm -hmm. But the majority of people are going through something where they're confused, mm -hmm. where they're maybe at the end of their rope. Maybe they feel a lack of uh, hope or they don't know whether 
things are going to continue. They're yeah. looking for inspiration. They're looking for guidance. They're looking for reassurance, right? Absolutely, yeah. And, and to have that space and, you know, without needing to ever share your story and just hold that container and say, okay. Yeah. You know? It was a very strong lesson to learn. And then having uh, your physical abilities taken from you for such a long time, wow. it really forces you to reassess. And then COVID. So it's and like then COVID, <laughs> yeah. More isolation, you know. And it was interesting because uh, the, I, I talk about this on my website a little bit. I talk about how um, rediscovering tarot, it was never uh, lost to me, but like finding it again in like this new kind of perspective and this uh, willingness to really commit to it and then expand from there, right? Uh, during my accident, rediscovery of tarot during my accident, uh, it really gave me uh, clarity and direction in a time where I felt really lost. Mm -hmm. And even the accident happened at a time where I felt really lost. So it's really, it's fascinating to me to be able to see that. And the tarot just leads to other things and we start to understand its connections with numerology and... Um, you know, well, you had the rose reading. It goes through all these different ways. But one of my... Oh, oh no, no, no. I was going to say, but I want you to continue, but I was going to lead to what specifically drew you then to the rose. Yeah, so the rose. So, um, and, and going back to what you said too, I, I really feel an important, a very important duty of a reader to empower people's quests. And that's what I want to leave people with. I want them to leave feeling confident and moving forward. And that's one of the reasons why the rose was chosen. So uh, a lot of people throw bones and no disrespect to anybody doing that. But I, I wanted to keep that uh, organic feeling of that, of that reading alive. I don't want to be using pieces of plastic. Um, I don't want to be, uh, one of my teachers, he said, he said, uh, he said, oh, he said something about plastic. He said, uh, plastic is matter devoid of all spiritual presence or something like that. Mm. And so we, I wanted to stick with something really organic, but I didn't want to use bones or, or something that represented death, to be totally honest. I wanted it to be, even though we hold space for that in spiritual circles, of course, but, um, but for this reading and keeping it light and positive, I wanted to move forward in that direction. I've always loved flowers. I'm covered in tattoos of flowers and roses. And I was doing readings uh, at a place that I work at occasionally in Burbank. And... I started putting fresh flowers on my table. Mm. And I realized that uh, people were, were responding to it really well. More people were coming to the table. More people were interacting with me. Something about roses were just like inviting and added life to the situation. And there's just a very specific energy that they carry. Yeah. So then I started thinking about like, okay, well, what can we do with this? And uh, I had been working on the rose reading before I even realized I was working on the rose reading because I was using a tool called the Vitruvian Square. And the Vitruvian Square, yeah, do you, do you want me to unroll it and show? Yeah. So the, the Vitruvian Square is this chart here, and it's developed by one of my mentors. He's based out of here in L.A. His name is Scott Grossberg. And it is a chart that's one through nine. Here we can kind of, that'll yeah. probably give it a little bit more structure. Yeah. Here, I'll hold it while you talk. Okay, perfect. Um, it's based on a structure of one to nine, really using uh, Pythagorean numerology, but then it's got symbols that represent uh, different elements, uh, using shapes and, and their significant, you know, we've got a circle for the one, we've got a square for the four, and then of course we've got um, past, present, future, we've got everything that exists within our minds, everything that exists within our hearts, and then 
the initiative and what we need to bring it out into the external world. So we're able to really divine a lot from this. It goes a lot deeper than that, but, but when we are able to cast the petals onto the chart, we're able to see how all of these connect. And I mean, like a rose, it's really blossoming, right? We really see it start to unfold, how every piece is connected to uh, the other pieces involved too. So um, nothing is happening in a vacuum. We're all kind of in this bubble and we're filling out that space, yeah. right? Um, but laying down, uh, like understanding the Vitruvian square, being able to use it in readings, putting the connection, uh, making the connection with the flowers, and then running it by my mentors, running it by other readers. How would you approach this? Do you think there's significance in this? Can we take this old thing from ancient Greece and kind of bring it into a new sphere? Yeah. And I don't know anybody else in Los Angeles that is, uh, um, using roses. I don't know anybody else no, in the world that's I'm, using them the way that I'm doing it. No, and I think it's, it's very unique. It's, as I said, I've never, you know, yeah. come across and I come across, you know, thousands of people of that course. do, you know, uh, metaphysical, uh, you know, different spiritual disciplines and, and readings and use so many different tools and things like that for divination. But this is really unique. And I, I do want to say that, like, it, it's beautiful how you just followed that, like, you noticed and you just were led, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You're like, okay, you started getting flowers and you're like, there's something to this. You had all of this back knowledge and you, you know, you had the tarot, you knew about the Vitruvian square, you knew about casting, you did all of that kind of stuff. And then you're like, okay, well, there's something. And the very interesting thing that you said is that the vibration of the rose, right? Yeah. That, uh, and how you, you chose to choose something that you know wasn't an archetype of death or destruction or decay mm -hmm. and that it's it, it is representing of like blossoming blooming life mm -hmm. but more than that you know like rose oil like in energetic principles and practices is one of the highest vibrational uh oils for uh like loving energy unconditional mm -hmm. uh, energy but it's 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 also you know so you have that Right. Yeah. And you have this heart space. But then look at the, the way that it's been depicted in societies. Mm -hmm. Roses are for love. They're for mm -hmm. this. You know, like it's so you're bringing in these times in people's lives when there is confusion and a lack of hope. You're even infusing it on an energetic vibration yeah. of this unconditional loving energy, this growth and blossoming, this expansion and blooming. Right. This mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. But there's another thing that I find is very interesting that I don't think really exists in many other like divination of, of reading and mm -hmm. casting, right? Is the fact of the petals, mm -hmm. right? And that they show directions for you. You enjoying this so far? Did you forget to subscribe? Make sure to do so. It takes two seconds. Just press that little button, the red one, you know the one. Just press it, little like. All right, enjoy the rest of this content. I, th I found that super fascinating when I got a reading from you mm -hmm. is that, that there's so much even like the information of like where you're going or is this something that you're entering in or you're coming out of like yeah. you're able to see that within the rose petals. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, it, I'm glad you brought that up because I started, you know, we, we think about the rose and its significance in culture. And <clears throat> I originally played with the idea of just using the whole rose itself. And then I was like, well, what if we use the petals? And so I'd tear the petals off the rose and drop them on the chart. There's something very unsettling and, um, I guess unsettling is the best word, of 
tearing apart a rose. Because mm. then you're just left with a stem that gets thrown out, these petals you don't know what to do with once the reading is over. And there's just something about, like we're dealing so much with symbolism, I, I don't think it served my purpose to be destroying something beautiful, yeah. you know? We're talking about life and then we're destroying it. I, di I, didn't, I didn't like that analogy or that metaphor. So uh, then I started working with like the number three, tearing off three petals and then really creating a relationship with the, the person that I'm working with, uh, with them and the rose, with them and the petals, and then the rituals that they use to be able to infuse the petals with their intentions and then move forward. And then by casting it on the chart, yeah, seeing the patterns emerge are just fascinating. And so it's, you know, with the tarot, it's, um, it's so drilled in and um, I can immediately see the things that stand out. But with the, um, with the rose reading, each one is like so, so different. And we see these different patterns emerge. It's really fascinating to see it. And then the person, you know, all of my readings are deeply collaborative. So the fact that we both get to decode this. Yeah to some degree, you know? Uh, it's a lot of fun, and uh, I firmly believe that people support what they help create. Yeah. So I want people who come to get readings from me to really understand where I'm coming from, what we see in the petals, what we see in the tarot, and um, yeah, I don't wanna be talking at the person, I wanna be working with the person, you know? No, that's beautiful. And I know that we kind of touched about it in, in a roundabout way, but you know, what would you say is the biggest like uh, connection that the rose reading helps with the person to connect with their higher self? Mm. Okay, so uh, it's broken down into several phases. We we talk a lot about numerology, and we understand uh, where the person's coming from, and then we we are able to cast the the petals onto the chart, and then we get to see kind of like how the situation is developing, and it's a very it's a very holistic approach to a reading. We, we can focus on one thing, but it's always bringing up these other aspects because we're dealing with everything from one to nine. And what numerology teaches us is that everything in life exists between one and nine with very few exceptions. So we're, we're dealing with these different things and we're seeing how they connect. Um, is my relationship progressing the way that I want it to? Yes, but there are some things that you need to confront within yourself. How is that tied to your career? We see these things in the rose reading. And so once we're able to lay that out, it's almost like a map, so to yeah. speak. And then we start working with the tarot and that's when we start getting into the higher self. So the groundwork has been laid, the foundation has been laid. We're looking for those steps moving forward. This is the map, how do we get from point A to point B? And then I use a, uh, a technique that uh, my mentor taught me called the uh, triangle of results. And it's where we connect the seven, the two, and the nine. And when we look at, we want to uh, choose a card for the two position that is all about who we want to connect to, what we want mm -hmm. to be, what our goal, like, um, yeah, what, what our higher self is, what, yeah. what the goal of our higher self is. Um, and so this is something really interesting that I love doing for people because they don't expect it, is I actually hand them the cards and they choose a card that they want. Yeah. That's how they're able to see who their higher self is, what they want to do. But then it doesn't stop there. We have to find out how to get to that point. Yeah. And using the rose reading and the chart, using um, the other cards in, in the rest of the triangle of uh, results, we're able to understand what needs to take place first before they can attain that. Mm. And so getting people to recognize who their higher self is or what the model of behavior that they want to emulate to 
you know, find success in a certain situation, if they're able to identify that, if they're able to communicate it and put their intention in that direction, it's so, and especially with another human being, putting it out there into the air, into the universe, instead of just it existing in our heads, yeah. then we're so closer to committing to that path. Mm, and it's beautiful. really, thank you, thank and, you. It's really and fascinating. a lot of people don't know that answer to that question. You know, a lot of people that are like tuning in right now and say, oh, well, you know, I know what I want. Mm-hmm. But, but it's sometimes coming from a place that isn't congruent with your higher self. That want isn't necessarily what you truly want. It's what yeah. you think you want because it will lead you in order to have this or that. But mm-hmm. if you skip that yep. and you just allow yourself, you know, like, I want a nice car yep. because it, then it will allow me to have a relationship, right? Yep. But, but if you really just want that connection and partnership with somebody, yes. you don't need the nice car to get there, yep. you know? But like, it's like, but like, you know, so it's filtering that in. So like, mm-hmm. you know, then there's a big distinction there because, you know, that higher self perspective cuts through that middle line and says, what does the true heart want? Not what do you think you need to get to get there? Absolutely. And, and I think that the, Leading up to the point where where we are identifying who our higher self is, um, it, it cuts through all of that. So, uh, people who are like, "I want a new car," that's what my higher self is. Somebody with a Ferrari, you know. We really cut through that with the rest of the reading at the beginning, and then they're approaching it a lot more seriously. They're able to identify what they really need, what they really want, and what transcends just, you know, the Im- the immediate gain. You know. Yeah. And uh, one of my favorite things to do, um, and you know this, but like the, the, the reading is very full body. I have people stand up. I have, we, we do uh, visualization exercises. We do affirmations. We do breathing exercises. Uh, they're standing up. They're sitting down. They're things with your arms outstretched. Um, all sorts of things involved in this reading. Um, but I really love comparing the, um, who we see as our higher self with who we don't want to become. Yeah. And I always have somebody, like after they choose their higher self and they feel very happy with that choice, I challenge them by finding a card that represents like what archetype speaks to a person they used to be that they don't, they're, that they're fearful of becoming again, mm. you know, or what darkness might seep in. And then we start doing exercises with them to, or I start doing exercises with them to help them release that for them to intentionally avoid becoming that and move closer to their light. And it's really fascinating to go through this whole little ritual with them and then for them to be able to hold on to that emotional baggage and then to literally just let it go. And that is a point in the reading where a lot of people become very emotionally moved and you'd be really shocked, uh, maybe not because of your, your history in, in this world, but um, it's, always, it's always interesting to me to see how long people want to hold on to their emotional baggage, yeah. whether it's a former relationship or it's typically relationships of some regard, our attachments to things or people or jobs, whatever it is, but they really do not want to let it go. Yeah. And then well, finally they do. It's so, so ingrained in, in the identity, right? Mm-hmm. Without Absolutely. This, without this pattern, without this connection, then who am I, right? Mm-hmm. And so you often find that, you know, uh, even if I always say like, what's the secondary gain? Right. Yeah. Um, you know, because when we say they're miserable in like this yeah. a relationship or in this thing, but 
then well, what are they gaining out of it, right? Yeah, are no gain, kidding. Are, are they gaining that they get to be that martyr, that, you know, that there's a problem in their life, that maybe they 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 get to hide or they get to play mm-hmm. small or they get a whatever or they get attention from yeah. the problems? You know, there's a, there's a secondary gain, you know, mm-hmm. and it, some, it's so hidden a lot of times. So it doesn't mean that you, you fully know this, but, you know, like it, it is interesting and yeah. that, that how what somebody says they want or you know, they want to release. It's so hard for them to sometimes make that step. Absolutely. But I would say that, you know, you always refer to these as rose readings, Mm -hmm. right? You know, but really what it is, is this experience of healing and reading and this transformation. It's kind of like this, this, uh, you know, you're not sitting there just receiving knowledge. There's there's a transformation and a release that goes on through so many of the different modalities that you're mm-hmm. able to share with somebody and the understanding of 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 how people work, right? Mm-hmm. I think largely that that comes from, you know, like even though like it seems like it's completely unrelated, it's so related. Like a, a magician, like in your training of a magician, you know, being a magician, you have to understand how people operate you have Absolutely. to understand where they're going to look how they're going to behave well how their brains are going to you know so in knowing that to such a precision you're able to be a step ahead of them in mm-hmm. order to pull off a trick right yeah yeah and you know what one of my one of my big things about that too is that um the, the school of thought that i ascribe to in magic is that there's a deeper magic behind all of this and i think that a lot of people you know uh people from the same school of thought as myself, we all have this deep connection with each other, with the world around us, with our relationship to performance magic and real magic, or like magic with a C and magic with a K, right? Mm. And um, it's, it's, that, it's, that, it's that learning at the beginning when you're a kid and then being like, ah, oh, there's some, I have to do a thing, mm. right? But what if I didn't have to do a thing? What, 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 what if it was, what if this was like the true experience? You know, um, I'm not hiding the coin in the other hand, but what if it was really gone? Like what, what does that, how does that feel? Mm. You know, so being able to get into performance magic and recognize it for what it is. And it can be very transformative for people as well, because old priests that we saw from ancient times were employing these tactics and they're really similar to like parables in the Bible, like we're telling stories, mm-hmm. we're showing how things change, and they're very strong lessons that we can learn. It's not just delightful magic that's like eye candy or anything that puts people down. How do we bring it back into a sacred space yeah. that old priests used to do? And so um, a lot of that has been divorced from magic these days. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with the uh, onset of television and televising uh, magicians dating back to like the 50s and 60s and magic occupying a different space than it used to. Mm-hmm. But um, as long as it's done ethically and as long as it's done in, in an open space where it's ready to be received, we can create some moments for people that are really life-changing. Yeah. Um, it's really, really interesting. But I think my the magician in me, um, you know, I have this thing inside of me that that wants, I, I don't want to take this experience away from anybody. So I'm very hands off. And one of the reasons why I want it to be so collaborative, because this is an honest experience for each of us while we're going through the rose yeah. reading, you know. Um, so I, I, I want the person to be the center focus. I want to hear what they have to say. I want that to develop. I want them to really feel and understand the experience. And um, further than that, 
the my background as a magician is you can see it just in the way that I present myself, you know, from like the way that I dress to like my cases <laughs> and the rose is very much about creating a space and an atmosphere for people because um, it, it's all this nonverbal communication to let people know that this is what we're practicing here. This is the work that's being done to yeah. safe space for us to talk about these things and to engage in these processes. But it, it, it also creates a space of like expansion mm -hmm. of possibility of yes. dreaming, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it's almost like, like if somebody ever steps foot in Disneyland or Universal Studios or any of those like places mm -hmm. and, and for a moment you like get lost in just the, the magic that is created yeah. around. And it's, it's, it's part of it is the, the details. It's the designs. It's mm -hmm. like you, you're standing in line and you feel like you're in a jungle or you feel yeah. like you're, you're in a spaceship or whatever the case mm -hmm. may be, but it's like every detail adds to this feeling that activates something different in you. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's something that on, on that level that I haven't been aware of until you of, okay. of how much that, that, you know, kind of that ambiance and that, that other details mm -hmm. really can help open somebody's mind to what else is possible for their life. Absolutely. Right? It's, yeah. it's like this unconscious expansion that mm -hmm. just occurs, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. they, they feel that mysticism, they feel that possibility, they feel that that it's, it breaks their daily routine Absolutely. and their normal thinking state to yep. think what else, and from this different perspective, what are the solutions? And, and to understand that this is like, about us connecting with our subconscious, that yeah. we have it all inside of us. And I'm just this person that's guiding you into connecting with that, that you have the power deep inside. Um, like I said, I always want it to be very empowering for people. And so I really appreciate you feeling that way and understanding what, what, what is being presented, you know? Yeah, I love it. Man, if there's anything else that you'd like to share, what would it be? Oh, yeah. Uh, so one of, one of the one of the things I really love about the rose reading is the dream ritual that I do at the end. Yeah, let's hear about it. And um, where we go through a lot of exercises and little rituals in the rose reading from uh, meditative rituals where I have the person really focus on the rose and follow it like a labyrinth into the center. Uh, we do breathing exercises, a lot of visualization, setting the intention using the presence of a white light that uh, flowing down their arms into the center of the petals. We do a lot of this and at the end, um, using these anchoring techniques to get them to remember the reading and the feeling that they have during the reading, the progress that they've made, the enlightenment, being able to admit certain things that they, that they weren't ready to admit yet or that, that baggage that they're willing to let go. And then I tell them about a dream they're going to have. And I get people all the time coming back to me, telling me these things that they've experienced in this dream. Um, one person had come to me and talked to me about how he wanted to propose to his girlfriend. Mm. And uh, we did the rose reading. I told him about the dream he's going to have. And he came back a few days later and he said, I had the dream. I was sitting on a bench inside of a rose garden and I saw my family on one side and her family on the other side and no words were spoken but everybody was smiling and nodding and looking at me, like waiting for me to go mm -hmm. forward with a proposal. Um, I had somebody else uh, come to me and say, oh, I had that dream and you were in it just like you said. And um, they told me I was with a, a, a blonde woman with blue eyes. 
and we were talking to him about his situation and uh, he was going through a situation with his landlord at the time, uh, offered some clarity and he was like, do you work with a blonde woman with blue eyes? And um, honestly, you're one of the few blonde people in this world. Like a lot of people have like darker hair, darker mm -hmm. style. Like I'm wearing like nearly all black here. But the one, one of the readers I work closely with is blonde haired and blue eyed. And in his dream, he had a conversation with her and she said, um, yeah, I work with Matt all the time. So it's interesting to see these different characters from my life appear in people's dreams and they're still able to get these messages that come through to them. It's really, really fascinating. But then um, if anybody wants any further guidance through that situation, I also offer like a guided meditation yeah. so that if it doesn't come to them as naturally as they want or, or if there is some confusion, we can really provide that space for them to uh, walk down that path and, and have the message revealed to them uh, in a different way. So. Oh, that's beautiful. It's really interesting. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Oh, Matt, I, I mean, I think everybody needs to try one of these uh, readings for, especially when you're going through a time in your life to get that, that clarity, to activate that, you know, just that feeling inside of possibility of tapping into that unconscious, but also just having a completely different safe approach of a uh, safe container space of, of celebrating your life and your life's transitions and where you're going and, and empowering you in a way that um, takes you to the next level, wherever that might be in your life. Yes, thank you. I thank appreciate you. all the kind words. This has been really great. And besides rose readings, there's, you know, maybe you start with a rose reading, come back and you don't want to do another rose reading. There's also regular tarot readings, numerology, and it's also a Reiki practitioner. And so there's so many different things, guided meditations and everything else. Um, and now we do offer our sessions remotely. So that is something. And if you want to have that experience, I'm not sure exactly how the rose reading would translate if you're picking them for them. But I mean, definitely with the tarot, the numerology, different mm -hmm. things like that, uh, Zoom or over the... Um, um, over the phone is always possibilities. So if you're inspired and want to connect with Matt and connect with you and your higher self, please, you know, uh, book a session or reach out. Now, Matt, uh, what is your social handle? So on, on Instagram, I am Tarotmatic, T-A-R-O-T-M-A-T-I-C. Love it. Yeah. All right. So you can find Matt there. Um, also, Liberate Yourself website. He's he's on there as well. And if you have any other questions, please reach out. Thank you. Like, subscribe, comment. If you're listening to this, on um, whether it's iTunes or Spotify or one of those other million podcast platforms that we're on, please check out our, our visual one on YouTube. Uh, we're trying to grow our YouTube channel, trying to get more and more content out there. Uh, we do some short snippets of the podcast as well on YouTube, not available on the podcast. So if you grab that, want to share just a section of this uh, podcast with a friend or a family member, we do that as well. So please check it out. Thank you so much. And until next time. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed this conversation, please like it, subscribe, and share it with your friends. If you want to hear more about what we have going on and happening online or in, in the neighborhood, check out liberateyourself.com and sign up for our mailing list. Uh, also, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Liberate Yourself. It's you are self, U-R-S-E-L-F. Until next time, be powerful, be magical, and be free.